Yo, this is Axel Rose of Guns N' Roses. Hey, this is Carmen Electra. Hi, this is Daryl Strawberry. What up, though? This is Big Snoop Deal Double G. Hi, this is Don Stallard. Hey, yo, Hulk Hogan here. What's up? This is Beyonce. I got a great show lined up for y'all. Hey, yo, yo, yo. Let's get this party started. The Sports Beat. You know what? Let's keep it hot. The Sports Beat is off the chain, man. Ah, yeah. The Sports Beat. Download the podcast now. You're listening to The Sports Beat with Richard Holdridge. What is going on, everybody? Welcome to The Sports Beat with Richard Holdridge, and I am your host, Richard Holdridge. Happy Thursday. It is middle of October, and we're starting to get some fall weather. I'm really excited about this show because we have a great show for you. I'm going to preview Game 5 of the NLDS between the Giants and the Dodgers. If you are a Braves fan, who would you rather face in the NLCS, the Giants or the Dodgers? And we have some college football games tonight. We have an NFL game between the Buccaneers and the Eagles. And the United States men's soccer team gets a very important victory over Costa Rica in World Cup qualifying. All right, so... As many of you know, I'm a lifelong San Francisco Giants fan. Ever since I was a kid, 1989 was when my dad first took me to Candlestick Park and I saw the Giants and my favorite players were Will Clark and Kevin Mitchell. That year, the Giants made it to the World Series, the Earthquake Series against the Oakland Athletics. Now, the year prior, the Dodgers made it to the World Series. And then the year before that, the Giants made it to the World Series in 1987 with just heroic pitching from Dave Dravecki. There's a lot of bad blood between these two teams. It started when they were both in New York, the Brooklyn Dodgers and the New York Giants. This is the first time these two rivals are playing in the postseason. If you remember, 1951, the three-game series was part of the regular season to go on to the World Series. 1951, shot hurt around the world. Giants come back in that game. Bobby Thompson, three-run home run. You all know the call. The Giants win the pennant. And, well, they went on to lose to the Yankees in the World Series. So that was a great moment for the Giants, but they didn't finish it. They didn't win the World Series. 1962, once again, a three-game playoff, a regular season for the Giants and the Dodgers. They didn't count this as a postseason matchup. This was part of the regular season, and the Giants went on to go to the World Series but lose to the Yankees once again. Y'all know the Willie McCovey line drive in San Francisco. Heartbreaking if you're a Giants fan. So up till 2010, the San Francisco Giants did not win a World Series. The last time they won it as the New York Giants was in 1954, of course, the Willie Mays catch and sweeping the heavily favored Indians. So I am a baseball historian. I know all about the Giants and I know all about the Dodgers. Growing up, the 1980s, Fernando Mania, the Dodgers were the toast of L.A. The Giants weren't all that great until they got Roger Craig, Will Clark, Kevin Mitchell, that group of players. And then they fell off a little bit. There was talks about them moving to Tampa. And then they acquired Barry Bonds in 1993. What a move. That would start the Giants winning 103 games. However, not making the playoffs in 1993 because the Braves caught them. The team that beat the Giants on the last game of the regular season was the Dodgers. 15-1, to I remember the starting pitcher for the Giants, Solomon Torres. What 
a terrible performance. That was just heartbreaking. And then that's when I started not liking the Braves, but that's neither here nor there. I, I could go on and on about Giants-Braves if they face each other in the NLCS. But the Dodgers had this amazing pitcher. He had the best windup I've ever seen. I would mimic him as a kid. Hideo Nomo, 1995 was when they introduced the wild card and Hideo Nomo was the pitcher for the Dodgers. I remember the Giants and Dodgers were in very tight pennant races. 1994, the Giants acquired Daryl Strawberry, but they couldn't catch the Dodgers, but they canceled the season because of the baseball strike. Dodgers make the postseason in 1995 and 1996. The Dodgers lost to the Cincinnati Reds 3-0 in 1995. And then in 1996, the Dodgers lost to the Braves. So in 1997, the Dodgers were still the favorites to win the NL West. And one of the most memorable moments I remember, the Giants were playing a two-game series against the Dodgers. They were two games behind in the standings in the NL West. And the Giants won both games, one in dramatic fashion by catcher Brian Johnson hitting a game-winning home run in the bottom of the 12th inning. I was in college at the time. I was excited. The 97 Giants are still my favorite team because they came out of nowhere. They traded away Matt Williams, but they got players like Jeff Kent and they had Mark Lewis. They still had Barry Bonds, but then they got JT Snow, which is a very underrated defensive first baseman. They had just this core group of players that I just fell in love with. I love their pitching. Sean Estes, Kurt Reeder. They had some great pitchers and then they lost to the Marlins in the playoffs 1998 They lost to the Cubs in a one-game playoff. The Dodgers kind of cooled off a little bit. The Giants make it back to the World Series in 2002. The Dodgers were able to beat them in the pennant chase in 2004 on the last game of the season. So these two teams were going back and forth. But it hasn't been a time, maybe 2014, when they were both really good. The Giants won the World Series that year, but the Dodgers won the NL West. As a fan of the Giants, I've always wanted to see the Giants play the Dodgers in the playoffs, and they never got an opportunity until now. The Giants winning 107 games in the regular season, the Dodgers winning 106. It was just an epic pennant race all the way to the finish, and right now this series is starting to become a classic. So tonight, Logan Webb takes the mound. He was stellar in Game 1 pitching a shutout, pitching seven and two-thirds innings, and defeating the Dodgers in game one, four to nothing. Julio Urias was stellar in game two. He pitched five innings, only gave up one run, and now these two teams are going at it. Game five in San Francisco tonight. I cannot wait for this game. The key is, I'm not going to say the Giants are going to win, because the Dodgers still have a very potent lineup. And if they put Gavin Lux in there, he's been their hottest hitter. The bats for the Dodgers up at the top of the lineup need to step up. Trey Turner, Mookie Betts, and Justin Turner need to step up and hit Logan Webb early. If Logan Webb has the performance he had in Game 1, the Giants are going to win and they're going to advance to play the Braves in the NLCS. The key is, can the Giants, who are going to stack the lineup with righties, to face Urias. Can they get to Urias early like they did in the first inning of game two, but they couldn't get anything out of it? Urias only pitched five innings and he gave up the one run. I know he's been a great postseason pitcher, but this stage is the biggest stage in Urias's career. I know that it all favors the Giants because they have home field, but the Dodgers are a sneaky team and they could win this and it could go either way. I really don't know 
how this game is going to go. All I know is I am proud of the Giants that they got here. Nobody expected them to be here. The Dodgers have been the odds-on favorite to win the World Series since the beginning of the season. They're still the odds-on favorites. The Dodgers are expected to win, but if the Giants win, I'll be so happy and I'll just talk up NLCS preview between the Braves and the Giants. I don't want to get too ahead of myself. If you are an Atlanta Braves fan, who would you rather face in the NLCS? Would you rather face the Dodgers or would you rather face the Giants? Here's why you should rather face the Dodgers. You get home field advantage. Game one and game two will be in Atlanta on Saturday and Sunday. You're not going to face Walker Buehler in game one. More than likely, it will be Max Scherzer because Walker Buehler pitched on three days rest on Tuesday. So you're not going to face their best postseason pitcher that dominated the Braves last year. Remember in the NLCS, he was going at it both times against Max Freed. However, he lost one of those games. But one of those games, he was stellar after Max Freed gave up three runs in the first inning, and the Braves never recovered. Also, you get to avenge 3-1. Last year, the Dodgers beat the Braves in seven games. The Atlanta Braves blew the 3-1 series lead. This is a rematch of that. You would get to avenge that. I also feel the Dodgers are a wounded animal. They're not going to have Clayton Kershaw. They really only have three pitchers. So when you're going to a best-of-seven series, you can't just pitch with three pitchers. Walker Buehler is not going to be available to pitch games one, four, and seven. It's not set up that way because he already pitched on three days rest on Tuesday. This heavily favors the Braves, which I feel have a much better clutch lineup with veteran players than the Dodgers do, and they have a huge advantage for game one if Max Fried is going up against Max Scherzer because I feel the Braves can get to Max Scherzer. I also feel the Braves have a better bullpen than the Dodgers. So you want to face the Dodgers. Now, why are most of the Braves fans that I'm talking to and I'm hearing on Sports Talk Radios, why are all the Braves fans that I'm hearing from, from Sports Talk Radio and just casual conversation, why are they saying they want the Giants? Careful what you wish for, because if the Giants win tonight, Game 1 and Game 2 is going to be in San Francisco. I know that Logan Webb is not going to pitch Game 1, and that's what's so important about this series, Game 5. Your number one starters are not pitching in Game 1. I'm just not 100% sure. This Giants team, there's something about it. There's something about the Giants when they make it to the postseason that they play on a different level and they have veteran players like Buster Posey that has three rings. Brandon Crawford has two rings. Brandon Belt may be back for the NLCS. That is a huge advantage for the Giants. I know I'm biased because I'm a Giants fan. I would love to see the Giants and the Braves in the NLCS so I can get tickets to Game 3. I already looked. Tickets are about to go on sale today. The talk is that the cheapest upper deck ticket at Truett's Park is $75. Is that worth it to go to an NLCS game? Well, if they're playing the Giants, absolutely. I went to the NFC Championship game in 2013 between the 49ers and the Falcons. Those tickets were pretty pricey, and I actually felt like it was just a lifelong experience that I got to experience, and I don't think I'll ever experience that again. I don't know in my lifetime if the Braves will ever play the Giants again in the NLCS. So yeah, it's one of those things I'll need to take advantage of. If it is the Giants, all the home games will be Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday. A big advantage, another thing that could be an advantage to the Braves is if they steal one in San Francisco. Then you have the next three games after Game 2 in Atlanta. So if it goes back to Atlanta 1-1, the Braves have a huge advantage. 
There is a lot of talk in Atlanta about the Braves possibly reaching the World Series. We don't want to get too ahead of ourselves. We also have another series in the American League Championship Series between the Houston Astros and the Boston Red Sox. Game one will be Friday night, and I really could care less who is in the World Series for the American League. I know that both the Astros and the Red Sox have postseason experience, and they both won one World Series, but if I'm looking ahead to see who I would like to see in the World Series, it would be the Giants and the Red Sox, and here's why. In the 2000s, the Boston Red Sox have won four World Series titles. The San Francisco Giants have won three. How sweet would it be if the Giants were to beat the Red Sox, and now they have four in this century tied with the Red Sox? That would be awesome. Plus, I have some friends from Boston. I could kind of talk smack about being you know, a Giants fan and Oh, that would be fun. My my nerves are just shot right now because of this game tonight. Just, wow. We got some football tonight on all three levels. We have college football. Navy taking on Memphis. Georgia Southern taking on South Alabama. Georgia Southern's 2-4 and on the season. Got a brand new coach. We'll see how they will play down there in Mobile, Alabama. Of course, I'll be watching baseball, but I know that the football game is going to get a huge rating because Tom Brady is taking on the Eagles. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers will travel to Philly, and Tampa Bay is favored by seven points. Tom Brady did get injured in that Dolphins game, but I don't know if that's going to affect him. He's really starting to roll, especially with Antonio Brown. And I know the Eagles just beat the Carolina Panthers. The Eagles' defense is a lot better than what people think. This is what Jalen Hurts needs to do is to step up and exploit that Tampa defense. However, Tom Brady matching up against Jalen Hurts, he lives for this. He's not slowing down, folks. Tom Brady is going to be here for the next couple of years, and I think Tampa should win this game tonight. We do have one high school game tonight. It is a Northside taking on Northgate. Uh, at Kinnett Stadium. Northside did start the season 3-0. However, they have lost two straight. They are 3-3 on the season and 0-3 in league play. Northgate is 1-5 on the season. So Northside is trying to trying to break that losing streak and get back on track to try to pick up their first win in region play. Of course, we do have a lot of high school football games. Tomorrow night, I will have my high school preview show Tomorrow, it is going to be great, especially with the season winding down and we got playoffs approaching. We do have a big game that I want to talk about that I will elaborate a little bit more on tomorrow's show. Carver taking on Troop County. Carver 5-1 on the season. Troop County is 6-1. That is going to be played up at Callaway Stadium. That is a crucial region matchup that could determine seeding in the playoffs. And, of course, Central will travel to Dothan, trying to wrap up their season 8-0 on the season. They are the best team in this region. When I talk about all these talented high school programs in the Chattahoochee Valley, Central is above and beyond all the other high school programs, and they are poised to win another state title. They're ranked third, according to MaxPreps.com, for all the 7A teams in Alabama right behind Thompson and Hoover. And I think they have a shot to reach the state playoffs and do very well and possibly win a state title, especially with their talented quarterback, Caleb Nix. I will go ahead and (laughs) 
I'm talking about high school football on my Thursday show. That's weird. But no, I just, I love high school football. Many of you know I'm the PA announcer for Russell County High Football, and uh, they will take on Ufala for homecoming this Friday night. We had a slow sports day yesterday, and the one key matchup, I know we have the WNBA Finals going on between the Chicago Sky and the Phoenix Mercury. We had the NHL, we had NBA preseason. The Hawks will take on the Miami Heat tonight. And I want to say that is their last preseason game before the regular season next week, where they will open with the Dallas Mavericks next Thursday. Possibly a game five in the NLCS in Hawks opening night could all happen at the same time. I love this time of the year because all the sports are going on at the exact same time. Atlanta United season's almost coming to a close. They're trying to get it into the playoffs. Remember, they missed the playoffs last year. They had some coaching changes. Joseph Martinez hasn't really been around for the majority of the season. Next week, they will take on NYCFC at the Mercedes-Benz Stadium on that Wednesday night to try to get into the playoffs. They are currently in 8th place, 39 points behind the 5th, 6th, and 7th team that has 40 points. So this game against NYCFC, who's in 6th place in the Eastern Conference, is very important for Atlanta United to pick up 3 points. Now, in World Cup qualifying yesterday, the United States got a very important win over Costa Rica. 2-1 was the score as they did get an own goal late in that contest. And the next game will be November 12th on ESPN2. The United States will take on Mexico. Ricardo Pepe has been the most talented player for the U.S. men's national team. He's got three goals. Where is Christian Pulisic? Is he going to even play? He is their best player. They really need him if they want to qualify for the World Cup. United States currently trails Mexico in the standings with 11 points. Mexico has 14. Remember, only the top three teams qualify for the World Cup. So there's a possible chance that Canada might make it to their first World Cup for the first time since 1986. Way to go, Canada. I'd like to see them in the World Cup, but I'd also like to see the United States in the World Cup because remember, in 1986, the U.S. failed to make the World Cup and Canada made it. All right, so before I close my show, I do want to talk a little about John Gruden. This is the biggest news story out there. It's a sports story, but it's also a news story because John Gruden sent some inappropriate emails 10 years ago. I'm not saying what he did was right. It wasn't right, but there should be a statute of limitations. I know that the court of public opinion is that he violated misconduct and his professional behavior is not tolerated in the National Football League. And so he had no choice but to resign. But now they're taking him off the Madden game. They're trying to delete him from the history. The Buccaneers took him away from the ring of honor. This is starting to get crazy. I'm not on either side trying to say that people should have a second or third chance. But when you try to erase his legacy, that is just, I don't agree with that. They tried to do that with Joe Paterno after the Penn State scandal. They tried to erase his legacy by taking down his statue. And we have bad people in the Baseball Hall of Fame. We don't know all the things that Ty Cobb did. We know that O.J. Simpson is in the National Football Hall of Fame. 
I don't agree with erasing somebody's legacy. And as far as I'm concerned, doing this podcast since January of 2020, and I've tried to be fair, I don't express any political opinions. That is just one thing I just don't agree with. And so if you feel the same way, I don't like it when politics gets into sports. As many of you know, I did not talk anything about Major League Baseball pulling the All-Star game from Georgia because it is a very heated debate on that controversial Georgia voting law, which if you want to get into detail about it, that's another show. I'm not a political talk show, so I'm not going to get into detail about it, but I was very disappointed that Major League Baseball pulled the All-Star game from Georgia. Back in 2016, when Colin Kaepernick kneeled for the national anthem, I didn't think it was a big deal. He had the right to do that, but I didn't think that that was going to start a revolution and all these NFL players were going to kneel for the national anthem. Why are you kneeling for the national anthem? You may not like some of the things that go on in this country, but you're still in this country. I love this country, and it's not perfect. We're trying, but being somebody in the military, I respect the flag, and I feel, personally, I need to stand for the national anthem because I love this country. But you have the right to do whatever you want. If you want to kneel, if you want to... I mean, because this country has given you that freedom to do that. I'm not a fan of cancel culture. This is something that goes beyond sports. When you're canceling reruns of the Dukes of Hazard because it had a Confederate flag on their car, when you're canceling the Cosby show because of what Bill Cosby did, I mean, I just don't think that John Gruden deserves to be treated like this. He's sorry for what he did. He's remorseful, and he should have a second chance to coach again. Look at all the people that have gotten a second and third chance. How many times has Alden Smith been reinstated back into the league and he messes that up i was never a fan of the nfl commissioner roger goodell laying down punishment on players for misconduct i think that needs to be handled by the nfl players association it seems like the commissioner is the judge jury and the executioner i know that's what they agreed on in the latest bargaining agreement but everybody's everybody has their right to their opinion I just don't think it's a great idea to express that through email or phone conversations that could be recorded. I know I'm looking back at my emails from 10 years ago. I'm trying to make sure that I didn't say anything that was controversial. But in my broadcasting career, I had my share of getting into hot water. Many of you know that I am a proud alumnus of Freed Hardman University, which is an NAIA school in Henderson, Tennessee, I was the play-by-play announcer for the baseball team and a fill-in for the women's basketball team and the men's basketball team. And one thing about our women's basketball team, who won a title in 2018, I'm so proud of them. I could not be happier. I said some things that I wish I could have taken back. The year prior, they were clearly the heavy favorite to win the NAIA title. And they lost in the Final Four. And... You know, the year before, they made it to the championship game. So the expectations were they were going to win this thing because they were coming in undefeated. I was just excited. And then my emotions, my feelings after they lost in the Final Four to an inferior team, it was an upset. I posted on Facebook that I was disappointed, that I expected a better effort. I pretty much called them out for, you know, accountability as a passionate fan. 
I had no idea that that would completely blackball me from this university and the major players in the media and people that have been associated with the basketball team would just not talk to me anymore. And I pretty much ruined any shot that I could have at being a play-by-play announcer for Freed Harmon, a sports information director at Freed Harmon, any job in the athletic department or the radio station, I'm pretty much done. I cannot be there because of the comments I said. I later apologized, but I didn't realize how many people I hurt. There were girls on this basketball team that were hurt by my comments, and you got to be careful what you say. I didn't think it was that big of a deal. I was just speaking as a passionate fan, but people tend to use my comments thinking, oh, they choked or they need to get rid of the coach. How many passionate Alabama fans talk about Alabama like that? I love Freed Harmon. I love their sports. And so when I talked like that, I felt I had the right to my opinion. But also, if I'm somebody in the media, you have to distinguish between somebody in the media and a passionate fan. I'm not getting on this podcast being a passionate fan. I'm actually a member of the media. Being a public address announcer for Russell County, I am now a member of the media. So I'm no longer a passionate fan. So you got to watch your comments. You got to be careful what you say. And I'm very blessed that this podcast is independent, that they're not going to yank me off this podcast for any of the comments I say. I'm not saying anything controversial. I'm just speaking my opinion on this podcast and I'm trying to keep it fair. But yes, a couple of years ago, I did get into some hot water. And uh, for that, I'm terribly sorry. I, I don't know how many times I apologize to people. It Still, you know, your, your image gets tarnished after one comment and it wasn't that bad i didn't really say anything that was controversial i just was pouring out my heart saying that i was disappointed as a fan oh man but that was some tough times but hey if you are in the media over at freed Harmon, i would like to bury the hatchet i would like to get on and and maybe even start a podcast dedicated to freed Harmon athletics i do know some people over there uh I was a sports writer for the Chester County Independent. I had a lot of connections over there, but I feel like enough time has passed where we can bury the hatchet and we can move on from this. But all wounds heal in time. The Freed Harmon Lady Lions eventually won the national championship in 2018. A sigh of relief came across me. I made a comment to somebody that we talked about this. And I just asked, is all forgiven? And I never heard back from that person. (laughs) That's all the time we have on the show. Thank you, everybody that has listened to my podcast. You know, I'm just growing and growing more and more. And I am truly blessed that I could do this podcast five days a week and talk sports with you. Thank you. Thank you once again. And don't forget to like and subscribe to my Facebook channel. And I'm always on every podcast platform that you can think of. Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Casts, Radio Casts, Overcast, Spreaker, and Breaker, and Stitcher too, if you have an Android, Android phone. Well, that's it. And I will talk to you tomorrow. Bye. You've been listening to The Sports Beat with Richard Holdry. We invite you to download and subscribe. You can find us on Anchor, Spotify, Google Cast, Stitcher, 
iTunes, or wherever fine podcasts are found. Thanks for listening. Feel free to share with your friends and family. This has been the Sports Beat with your host, Richard Holdry. Produced in Columbus, Georgia. Extra production provided by J.D. Matthews. All opinions stated herein are those of the host and do not represent the opinions of Anchor Podcasts. Copyright 2020. All rights reserved.